Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's this week's sermon. Good morning, good morning. Hey. Um, Good morning. Pastor Pete is on vacation. So uh, I have the privilege and honor of sharing God's word with you guys this morning. Um, so just a couple quick announcements. There is chili cook-off after church right now. So at noon, stick around. It is free. The, to test the taste of chili is free. But if you guys want to vote and support your local Awana ministry, that is uh, Awana is where all the kids go from ages like three all the way up to 18, where they're getting full, in-depth studies of the Bible, and there's a safe place for them to grow here on Wednesdays at 6. But there's a bunch of chili down there. They disqualified me from going in because mine was too hot. So there, you you heard it first. Um, But um, another thing is that we have a three-week challenge here at New Vision. Uh, Pastor Pete always wants you guys to know, like, hey, give us three weeks. If New Vision isn't the place for you, we want to be able to uh, find you a place. Come to us. Communicate with us. Because being at the foot of the cross and hearing the Word of God is what is the most important thing about church. And so um, I came here 10 years ago, and um, the people loved me, and they took care of me, and we teach the Bible. So that's why I stayed. And so just... Um, Give us a chance, and today might be one of those days we might need a little bit more grace because Pete's not up here, but I am. And so, um, yeah, and if you're new here also, um, go to the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you, and uh, we just want to get to know you. Just say hello, and um, yeah, just bless you guys with a little something, something, okay? Um, So if you guys have your Bible, if uh, if you guys have a Bible, please open up your book to chapter 16 of the book of John. We've been journeying through John, and this is our a Believe series because he talks about, he goes, we are, he's, John is saying that all these things he's sharing with you, with us, is so that way we would believe in him who God sent. And so, um, we, and from chapters one to like 11, he kind of does like an overview, all these great miracles and all the blessings and um, healings and everything that Jesus does throughout his three-year ministry um, on earth. And um, when um, we get to chapter 13, it slows down. It comes down to the last few hours of his life. He is uh, spending his intimate time with the disciples. He brings them down. He takes off his robes and he washes their feet. And he says, go do likewise. He's giving us an example as followers of Jesus, how to be servants. And if we're going to be leaders, we got to lead from the bottom. We got to lead by serving one another. And so that is a commission. He is uh, saying it. He even did it with Judas. And so that's kind of, it kind of blew my mind that Judas even got his feet washed. Judas even took communion with the disciples. Um, And so right after Judas takes communion, he takes off to go and sell out Jesus to go tell him where he was going to be at. So um, we, we see from chapter 14, 15, and now 16, it's all Jesus talking. If you guys um, open up the book and you go to chapter 14, 15, you're just like, wow, these, this whole Bible is full of red letters, but that's just Jesus is telling something, okay? And so whenever Jesus is talking, um, whenever he's saying things that are repeated, you guys want to pay attention because it is so important. And the fact that he's barely given the disciples an opportunity to question or to, um, to do anything, it's very important for us to know 
um, why Jesus is talking. He never says anything um, that is empty or uh, without some kind of encouragement. Um, some of you guys have known, I, I've seen a lot of stories where um, the most important things that older people and people that have age and wisdom want to share on the, the last years of their life is knowledge and, and fruitfulness. Like, hey, make these choices. Don't do this. Don't go down this road, right? Because Jesus knows that this is, these are the last couple hours that he's going to even that he's gonna spend with the disciples before he goes to the cross. And so he knows that it's very, very urgent. And so he's explaining to the disciples in chapter 14, hey, I gotta go away, but there's a comforter gonna come. He's gonna reveal all the truth to you. He's gonna share with you. He's gonna be with you, but I gotta go in order for you to get that. And then in 15, he talks about abiding in him, meaning that you're gonna be fruitful. You're gonna produce these good things in your life in the spirit if you remain in him. Okay, and so then we get to chapter 16 and he's reiterating it. He just, he's just trying to say goodbye and he's trying to say it in a nice way because he spent so much time with his friends and he's cared with them. He's raised them up from when they were knuckleheads trying to call fire down on people that didn't agree with them and having to calm them down to, to um, everything that, um, that causes you know, people that are learning to, um, to stumble. Okay, and Jesus is gracious and he's, he's building them up. He's commissioning them and he's allowing the spirit of God to work through them and to heal people. Um, but this is probably one of the most deepest and intimate moments with his disciples and they're extremely sad, okay? So if you guys are open up to your, your book, I'm gonna share a quick story with you. In 2005, um, there was a teenage boy and his uncle and they were involved in, in crimes together. They were committing all these crimes, doing all these um, just really bad things in the name of some mob boss tucked up into a, in a prison up in Northern California. And, um, and the uncle started to see this trend and he started to see this, um, this, this war coming between all these gangsters and all these mobsters that uh, was coming more and more. And so he took his little cousin, his nephew aside and he said, hey, mijo, I want you to know that you're gonna to have to leave. You can't stay here anymore, but I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna cover this up. And when you leave, I'm, just, I'm not gonna make it out alive. And the nephew was extremely upset. He was like, what do you mean? Like, we prepared for this. Like, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be here with you. And, and the uncle said, no. And so shortly after that, um, the boy gets sent away and He's on this farm, he's spending time just feeding chickens, going to school, and um, he's able to just really uh, live a kid's life because he's nowhere near the action where, where he was living this life that he had been raised to be. And then um, after all this peace and all this greatness that was going on in his life, they get a call saying, hey, your uncle passed away, he got killed. And they said it was in the very spot that he had told him that he would never leave. And so the boy was so angry, he, he just, in a rage and in confusion and, and desperation, he, he leaves his safe space and goes and just lives a life of craziness and was in despair and just utter pain. And so all that to say, um, if you guys open up your Bibles to chapter 16, we're going to see a little bit of the confusion of the disciples and how that plays into this story, uh, not word for word, but you'll see at the end. It says in chapter 16, verse 16, 
a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. Some of the disciples said to one another, what is he saying to us that a little while and, and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me, because I go to the Father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We don't know what he's talking about. And Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so they said to him, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, the but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman gives birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow today, but take now, but you will see, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we read your word right now, God, I pray that it would uh, speak and it would teach the hearts of myself and to the congregation here, God, that we would be closer to you, that we would trust you more in the midst of the things that we don't know and in the midst of the things that we do know, God, that it would show us and correct us and guide us every step of the way, knowing that we can go straight to you for everything. In your holy and precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And so... In the first section, we see that Jesus is speaking in like a, uh, a contrast. He goes, in a little while, you ain't going to see me. But in, again, in a little while, you're going to see me. And the disciples are like, but wait, I don't even understand. So if you look at chapter 14, he says that he's going to go away so the comforter can come. He's going to go away. He's going to go away. He's going to be persecuted. You guys are going to be persecuted. And so they're being filled with all these um, extremely painful things. And sometimes when we as humans get all this information about pain and suffering and um, turmoil, it could cloud our judgment. It can cloud our thinking because Jesus just, he, like he's got, uh, there's a lot of red in here. If you go back to where the beginning of the red, he's saying, don't worry, this is going to happen, but watch, wait till this happens. The Holy Spirit's going to come, but I got to go or else it ain't going to happen. And, but the fear and the pain of losing someone so close to them, like it was their teacher, is the Messiah. This is the person who was supposed to come and free them from the tyranny and the oppression of the Roman government, right? That's what all the Israel thought, right? But that's not what we know because we know, the, we know what the Bible says and we see it that it was spiritual freedom and it was an eternal freedom, an eternal kingdom that God was calling us to, not just temporal, physical um, time because we see that the Roman army has been de defeated. We see that the Persian army has been defeated. Everyone that was over and trying to dominate this country has been defeated and yet God is on their throne still today and it wasn't the physical, though it had come, and Israel is now a, a, a country state again, but it's, we're talking about 
spiritually, we are free. Spiritually, we have the ability now, but for the disciples in that time, they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They only had what, what, what God was able to give them in that moment. When Jesus was there, he had explained to their, their um, spirit-deprived bodies what they, were, um, what they were to expect. And for someone, you know, maybe going into a, a blind game show or something like that, you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, like, am I going to get slimed? I don't know if you guys have seen... Uh, Oh, Nickelodeon shows where they slime you. Like, like I don't know. But, but they didn't know. And it was painful because they were, their judgment was clouded. And, and it's hard sometimes when you want to make rational decisions or um, try to, to come to a conclusion when things are so painful. And so, but um, here's one thing that they forgot to do. They didn't come to Jesus and ask. And so because they didn't come to Jesus and ask and they were murmuring among themselves, I can only imagine when you get people who don't go to the source, the, the type of the conclusions they come up with, they're like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about this and that? And if they're not going to the source and getting the truth, they're going to uh, start to come up with, um, I, I come up with some pretty crazy stuff in my mind, like when I didn't ask, but then I, I would ask, hey, hey, Brent, like what's going on here? He goes, oh, well, you know, the reason they're, um, they're tearing down that thing because they're going to build a new one, not getting rid of the church, just building something new. I was just like, oh my gosh, right? If you guys have been to Encanto, they did some demolition on the, the steps. I was like, are they tearing down the building? Like that was like our, our kids building. They're like, no, it was, it needs to be rebuilt. Something needs to be rebuilt, right? But if you don't go to the source and ask, you're going to come up with your own conclusions. And it, I don't know, I think um, humans have a tendency to look towards the negative. I think we feel like a lot of like movies and a lot of stuff in our minds that lead us down a path that are not like, oh, well, God's working it out for all the good, right? Like we read that if we're reading our Bible, but like I think I spend more time watching movies and spend more time doing other things than focusing like, oh, what is God doing today? What is God doing today, right? But if you're being spirit-led, then you're going to go to him and say, God, what are you doing today? He's going to be like, oh, well, I'm just fixing the building. It's, it's old. It needs to be fixed. And so we see that... Um, they're still trying to talk amongst themselves, and they're, and they're confused. Um, uh, but Jesus doesn't explain it to them right away, right? In verse uh, 19, he goes, uh, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking? Asking yourselves what I mean by saying a little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Now, there is a lot. If you guys look up commentaries on just those two phrases, like I said, it's like a, a, a paradox. It's like a, a contrasting statement because it's, there's like three or four different um, explanations. Uh, there's like, okay, he's going to die in a couple hours. He's going to raise again. They're going to see him. They're going to be happy. And then he's going to ascend, and then he's come back as the Holy Spirit. He's going to go away again. He's going to be there with the Holy Spirit, and then he's going to come back in the second reign. But if we look in the context of what the Scripture is talking about right here from chapter 13 up until right now, we can see that he's talking about, yes, his death on the cross is fulfilling that, so he's got to go away for that. And as he ascends, he's sending the helper. He's sending the spirit of truth to be with us, to abide with us. And it's his spirit because it says in, in verses, uh, in the first half of 16, that the spirit is going to testify of Jesus, of who he is. And everything that the spirit says is going to be told by God in Jesus through the spirit of God, because that is the truth, right? And so um, the conclusion I came up with was with most scholars said like, hey, it's the spirit with you because that's where the joy is going to come. The joy is there because now you have the living God living in you, 
when you believe it and you receive it and you have it deep inside you, okay? And so, um, yeah. And so in verse 20, he says that, um, yeah. He says, blessed are the, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and mourn, um, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. And, and I think it's important to know that there's going to be pain in our lives and there's going to be times where we don't understand and know what God is doing. Somebody might have lost their loved one to cancer and it was able to witness like a, a horrible, horrible pain. Um, somebody probably had people in the military and, and it, it doesn't just limit to death. Like sometimes people like put all their, their heart and their stocks in their, uh, their mind on their money and they don't put all their, their thinking and their priorities on other things other than God. And they may be a Christian. They may have God in their, in their midst and they may be coming to church. But when something rocks their boat, of like, okay, I'm on my boat, I'm focusing, I'm, I'm plowing the ground, I'm tithing, I'm doing everything right. Why is bad things happening, right? We don't understand those things sometimes, but God says that um, in Matthew 5, he gives a, a great, great example. He says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they shall be satisfied. And God blesses those who are merciful, because they will have mercy. And that he... Uh, for those who weep, he blesses those who mourn and they shall be comforted. And, and through the pain of some of the friends and family members that I've lost, I was uh, just in a lot of pain and just, but as a Christian, I understood, okay, God, you have a plan. You know what's going on. I can't um, figure out everything, so I just need you to help me. And so, um, but there's going to be people who are happy that you're in pain. There's going to be people happy that the people of God don't, aren't successful here on this side of heaven because they, they, they have been, the Bible says that evil has been judged already. I'm not saying the evil person. I'm saying that evil has been judged and their evil deeds will have a consequence. But turn to God, right? We want to turn to God. We want to turn everyone to God and know that um, that though these people are trying to belittle God and belittle his people, that he is stronger. He is mighty in us. And so uh, the biggest thing that um, we could do with people who are um, cursing us and uh, trying to be evil to us, the Bible says to bless them, to care for them. Uh, because in doing so, that, that's not just heaping coals of, uh, heaping, uh, burning coals on their head, but it's also ministering to them, right? There's been times when I'm sure a lot of you guys have tried to minister to people and they've just tried to beat you up and try to call you fairy tale lovers and all this stuff. And they're like, where's your God now? There ain't no God. Like, there's nothing good in you. And, and when you keep your cool and you understand that it's not you they're beating up, it's not you they're cursing, but it's God. He says, if the servant is not greater than the master, if they curse you and if they persecute you, they're going to persecute us, right? So we have to understand that there is going to be trials, there's going to be tribulation, but there's peace at the end of it if we endure, 
you have to endure, right? A lot of you guys have been in, in some rougher situations, and I know that through the endurance, you guys have the ability to overcome in, on hard situations. And now that you have God, the creator of heaven and earth, living inside you, how much more are you overcomers? How much more are you guys going to be able to endure and withstand hard things? Uh, verse 21, it says, When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Um, my wife and I, we just, we had a, uh, our son Ezra, well, she had my son Ezra um, two, two years ago. And it was crazy because she's the toughest woman I know. And she doesn't do medication, doesn't do no kind of pain, nothing. And like five hours into just the, like the labor and the contraction, she's like, uh, Carmelo, I, I, I think I need some medication. I was just like, let's go. Like, I would have been there two hours ago. Like, I don't play around. I don't like pain. I, get, I got sick. I was nauseous. Like, everything, everything that she should happen to her happened to me. I was just like, oh, my gosh. But after that, being able to hold my son and us being able to take care of him and take him home, like, it was such a peaceful and joyful thing. And so it was such an honor to, it's still an honor to be able to love him and care for him and, um, you know, keep him alive because, I don't know, like parents, you know, babies do everything to try to hurt themselves. Eat this, pop that, kick this, you know, finger in the light socket, everything, right? Um, but, um, but it wasn't easy. It was, it was hard. It was a hard, um, just stressful time. And, but it was worth it when you, we saw our son. And so, um, praise report, um, the Ropers, they're not here today because Janae went into labor this morning and their baby just came. So praise God for them. Keep them in your prayers. Um, and it was just like it's a stressful situation. I tried looking in the Bible for um, like examples of, 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 of this section. And all it talks about is war and crazy battles. Like, I don't know, ladies, if you can give me an amen. Like if, if your labor was like a battle, a war, because it's like it sounds crazy from the way the Bible explains it. And man, I was freaking out. I was just like, oh no, God, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. And so, um, yeah, but we see that it was God's sacrifice. It was him taking on the cross, him taking on our sin and shame and all the weight and the pain that the disciples felt, but also that Jesus had to feel. Because if he wasn't able to feel and know the pain that we caused, our sin, our thoughts, our actions, everything that we do and will do in our life, and for, like, imagine that all time, all humanity, all the sin, like, he pays for it. And when, when he took it on the cross, that was us supposed to be up there. That's painful to think about. And he knew it. And he still did it anyways. He walked all the way from the the Jerusalem council up to um, where the, um, the place of skulls is, where they, where they crucified him. And so it's Galgotha, yeah. And so, but if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for him saying it is finished, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. 
Because the sacrifice needed to be paid. God's justice needed to be fulfilled. God is just. He is like everyone's like, oh, God's love, God's love, God's love. But God is just. His, his laws are, are right and real. And the reason that we have the ability to say God is love, God is love is because he is justice. He, Jesus came to fulfill that law. He came to fulfill the price that needed to be paid. And so that, that pain and that sorrow and that agony that we feel, and I feel when I think about my sin on that cross and him holding it there saying, no, you're not gonna let go until it's done. And not, you're not because God is good. And he, he, he stayed up there for us. And we can see uh, in this next section in verses 23 and 24 that it says that um, um, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of, me, of the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So the father hears us, right? Up until that point, like I said, the spirit wasn't in the disciples, right? They were, they were like uh, getting the, the peripheral off of Jesus. Like Jesus shines so bright. They're like, oh man, I could heal this person. I could, you know what I mean? Sight, heal, stand up, right? But now that Jesus paid that price, we don't have to go say, Jesus, Jesus. Like, like we love Jesus and when he's with us, he is in us. The spirit of God is in us. But now we can go directly to the father. We're not going to a priest. We're not going to no middleman. We go straight to God, the father, because the son is in us and the spirit is in us. And we can say, God, like, how do I go about my day? Right? The Bible says that, that when the spirit comes, he's going to reveal all truth to us. He is there to, to guide us, to be able to um, show us all things show you the way to go when, when things are hard and chaotic. The Father hears you. The Father hears you when you have the Spirit of God living in you, when you have nothing else, when you have no one to turn to, when you're reading the Bible and everything seems um, just stressful. God hears you. And so... Um, we see the Trinity in this section right here. He's talking about God the Father, Him being the Son, Him being the sacrifice. Because of the, because of the Son, now we have the Spirit living in us so we can go directly to the Father, right? And so that way our joy can be full. When we go to God in our toughest situations, we don't go to, you know, YouTube. We don't go to, you know, the corner store. We don't go to anything else. But we go to God first and say, God, like, how am I supposed to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing? Where, uh, where am I supposed to be working to make your word known? Because that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is the mission of God is, is saving people. It's not our job to save people, but it's our job to speak so that way they can hear about who God is so that way they can know him and they can be saved by the spirit of God. Okay, so your job and your mission is to be so deeply entrenched in love in the spirit of God with the Father and the Son because of what he'd done for us that we are able to go out of these doors and to be able to speak life so that people can have freedom from oppression, from um, depression, from oppression, from just anxiety, all those things that like, and those are light ones compared to some of the things that are out there. Like not to make them light, but just to understand like there's some pretty hard things that that humanity has to go through. And so when we look at this, we know that the Father hears us. We, we, we love that God is, is for us. And so um, similar to the disciples that 
um, all the confusion and all the pain um, that that boy felt when he was um, given a second chance, a second opportunity to have life. Um, he know he didn't deserve it, right? And so he, he ends up giving his life to God after 10 years and he starts to become a man. He starts to change his life and he's standing here before you today to be able to tell you that God is real and that there's no pain that he can't take. He knows that there's a time and a season for everything, but he wants you to know that I want to tell you that you need to be ready in season, out of season, that there is victory at the end, that God is, is going to be there with you through the hardest times of your life. And so, so endure the pain and, and cry and, and know that it's real. There is pain and, and, and heartache in life, but God is with you through it. He, he paid for it on the cross. He understands the person who killed your uncle and needs to be forgiven, the person that hurt you, that did this, that to you, like those people need to be forgiven in order for you to have peace because God is greater than those things and he is awesome and he's a magnificent father. And when you know that he's a father that can love you and hold you and say, it's gonna be okay, mijo. It's gonna be okay, mija. Like, I'm here with you. I understand your pain, I understand your grief, but watch this glorious next life I have for you. Eternity in heaven, spending, spending time without, without tears and pain. And so um, as, we, as we close, um, I would just say that um, as the worship team comes up, I just think about like where we all stand right now. Like, are we truly in love with God? Are we, is our hearts sold out for him? Or are we letting the pain and the frustration and the anxiety hold us back from truly giving everything to him? And so, um, yeah, like I just encourage you guys, like, don't leave this place without asking yourselves and coming up and saying, God, like, I need you. I just want fully your, your life. I need your Holy Spirit to free me from this, this pain and this sorrow because I can't hold it. It's so heavy. Like, this pain sucks. Pain sucks. Like, I don't like it. But when you know that if you can endure that pain and say, God, here, I give it to you, that's the one thing that the Christian gets to do. We say, God, here, I give it to you. I give it to you. I understand that it's there. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he says that we get peace. We have joy. We have eternal salvation in him because, because he paid for it. So, uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. I pray that um, whatever happens, God, that we wouldn't leave these doors um, knowing that you are the only one that can save us and free us from, uh, from the pain and the stress and the heartache that we, we feel in, in our loss and our triumph in, in everything, God. And um, though these things are temporary, um, but you are eternal, God. So we just look to you for that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.